Good morning, and welcome to our Mother's Day service. We've come to worship God, who loved us before we were yet born, who knows us even better than we know ourselves, whose presence never leaves us, and whose love for us never ceases. We gather in spirit to worship a loving, nurturing God who, like a mother, knows us intimately, loves us unconditionally, teaches us the way we should go, and comforts us in times of need. We come to praise God, the source and sustainer of life. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So far our reading. So today, I have the job of trying to convey what God has to say to mothers this Mother's Day. A difficult job on the best of days for a man to do. But this year, it downright, it's downright nerve-wracking. At first, I thought it might actually be a little easier. Since the stay-at-home order came out, the boys are stuck at home, and shortly after that, my wife started working from the spare bedroom in the basement. I quickly became the quote-unquote primary caregiver. I worked around my wife's schedule, which was less flexible than my own. I thought that it would give me a sense of what it was like 
a taste of being Mr. Mom, so to speak. Now, before anyone gets upset, I very quickly realized that taking on some of the chores and responsibilities that my wife does is not the same as being mom. That became all too apparent when I had to ask how much laundry detergent to use or why the washer was set on cold water. Let's just say that some items of clothing have paid the price for my ineptitude. Or when I had to ask her where the vacuum bags were. And when we were all out of vacuum bags, I had to ask her where we got the vacuum bags from. Then there's the things that I didn't even try to do, like grocery shopping or cooking meals. Mostly because the boys and I have gotten used to good meals and are not really willing to accept my cooking anymore. If nothing else, this experience has made me recognize all the little things my wife does that I don't even notice. And the boys just think a magical fairy does for them, like folding their clothes and having lunch made when they're hungry and snacks available to eat. Now, I do want to clarify in my defense that my wife and I do with the chores. It's just I did things like cut the lawn and take out the garbage and I do clean the bathroom. I say this because I don't think that my wife and I have an unequitable domestic relationship. We don't. What I've come to recognize more is that in many ways my wife really does carry the greater mental load as it's called. The mental load is all the mental work the organizing, the list-making and planning that you do to manage your life and those that are dependent on you. Most of us carry some form of mental load about our work, household responsibilities, financial obligations, and personal life. But what makes up that burden and how it's distributed within the household is not always equal. In many households, a mother takes on a greater percent of the mental load. It's often the mom who has to remember what time soccer practice is, pays attention to children outgrowing clothes and planning for new seasons and new school years. She keeps track of whose turn it is to empty the dishwasher. Even if she doesn't actually do the task, she carries the load of having to remember to make sure it gets done. When I realized this truth about my wife and I, I also realized when I look back at my life growing up, the same is true of my mother. I think society seems to lean towards this dynamic. Of course, there are exceptions, but that's just the thing. There are exceptions. And those exceptions often get recognized because they're exceptions, but the mothers don't, at least not to the amount they deserve. There's an article by Nicole Johnson called I Am Invisible. It describes this better than I ever could. It's written from a mom's perspective, so just try to imagine me speaking in a motherly voice, so to speak. 
One day I was walking my son Jake to school. I was holding his hand and we were about to cross the street when the crossing guard said to him, Who's that with you, young fella? Nobody, he shrugged. Nobody? The crossing guard and I laughed. My son is only five, but as we crossed the street, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm nobody? As nobody, I would walk into a room and no one would notice. I would say something to my family, like, turn the TV down, please. Nothing would happen. No one would get up or even make a move for the remote. I would stand there for a minute, and then I'd say it again a little louder. Would someone turn the TV down? Nothing. That's when I started putting all the pieces together. I don't think anyone can see me. I'm invisible. It all began to make sense. The blank stares, the lack of response, the way one of the kids will rock into the room while I'm on the phone and ask to be taken to the store. Inside, I think, can't you see I'm on the phone? Obviously not. No one can see if I'm on the phone or cooking, sweeping the floor, or even standing on my head in the corner. No one can see me because I'm the invisible mom. Some days, I'm only a pair of hands, nothing more. Can you fix this? Can you tie this? Can you open this? Some days, I'm merely a clock to ask, what time is it? Other days, I'm a crystal ball. Where's my other sock? Where's my phone? What's for dinner? Hands, a clock, a crystal ball, but always invisible. One day, a friend gave me a book on the great cathedrals with a note written, with admiration for the greatness of what you are building when no one sees. In the days ahead, I read. No, I devoured the book. And I discovered what would become, for me, four life-changing truths. First, no one can say who built the great cathedrals. We have no record of their names. Two, these builders gave their whole lives for a work they would never see finished. Three, they made great sacrifices and expected no credit. And four, the passion of their building was fueled by their faith that the eyes of God saw everything. After reading that, I closed the book, feeling the missing piece fall into place. It was almost as if I heard God whispering to me, I see you. I see the sacrifices you make every day, even when no one around you does. No act of kindness you've done. No cupcake you bake. No last-minute errand is too small for me to notice and smile over. You are building something. But you can't see right now what it will become. But I see. As mothers, we're building great cathedrals. 
We cannot be seen if we're doing it right, which is why we may feel invisible some days. But one day, it is very possible that the world will marvel, not only at what we have built, but at the beauty that has been added to the world by the sacrifices of invisible mothers. It's such a beautiful description of motherhood. It speaks to the worries, the thankfulness that mothers sometimes experience, and about how mothers worry and care for the kids. It's a worry that all mothers have at some point. Even Mary, who had the most perfect child possible, literally the perfect child, Jesus being the only person ever to live a perfect life without sin. But still Mary worried, and she worked to teach her son. We see this in the story of Jesus at the temple. Of course, Mary worries when Jesus is not found. And they head back to the temple, and after three days, they finally find him. And of course, she's so glad that when they find him, he's okay. But she's also a little angry. But they don't hold it against Jesus. She accepts his answer that, of course, he'd be in his father's house, even though she didn't understand what it meant. But then in verse 41, it says, 51, sorry. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. What does this mean? Treasured all these things in her heart. Well, it means Mary kept all these things. All that happened and all that was said respecting her child. She remembered what the angel had said to her. What had happened to Elizabeth and to the shepherds, all the extraordinary circumstances which had, had happened to her son. Here is a delicate and beautiful expression of the feelings of a mother. A mother forgets none of those things which occur about her children. Everything they do or suffer, everything that's said of them is treasured up in her mind. And often she thinks of those things and anxiously seeks what they may indicate respecting the future character and welfare of her child. She thinks about the person her child's going to become. Mary pondered, she weighed. This is the original meaning of the word treasured. She kept them. She Revolved them. She weighed them in her mind, giving to each circumstance its just importance and anxiously seeking what it might mean. In her heart, in her mind, she thought of these things often and anxiously in a way that only a mother does. There's a special relationship between a mother and child even if it isn't always reciprocated by the child. A mother carried that child, spent nine months helping it grow inside of her, nine months wondering and hoping for that child's 
future. That's the bond behind Mother's Day. A day set aside to recognize and thank our mothers for all they do and have done for us. We buy a poetic card expressing how much we love her. We send beautiful flowers. Wonderful things to do for our mothers. But this Mother's Day, I want to challenge you to do more than that. Especially considering that most of us aren't going to be able to actually see our mothers in person due to the stay-at-home orders. There was ever a Mother's Day where we needed to go above and beyond, it's this one. I know it'll mean so much to her. So go ahead and send her the flowers and get that great poetic card. And then when you call to wish her a happy Mother's Day, take some time to tell her how all that time spent teaching you, molding you, worrying about you, has made your life better. Thank her for teaching you how to cook, even though as a kid you really hated it, but now you're so thankful that you can do more than just boil water. Thank her for just holding you when you cried or because you fell and scraped your knee or your friends didn't invite you to play. For teaching you it's okay to be sad. Thank her for making sure you had clean clothes and making sure you knew how to clean your clothes, even if you still mess this up sometimes. Thank her for showing you what a loving, healthy relationship looks like, even when it's not perfect. Thank you for teaching you that you don't have to be perfect. That's okay to be wrong sometimes. Thank her for being the amazing mother she is. And let her know that to you she is not invisible. That all she did was not unseen, even if we failed to recognize it at the time. That all those things she has treasured in her heart, all the prayers she has prayed and the times she has worried, they have helped make you the person that you are. This Mother's Day, wherever you are, however far apart you may be, thank your mother for being your mom. Let's pray. For all the mothers who are unseen, we pray today that you be recognized, that you be able to see all the work and all the effort that is not for nothing, that you help your child grow up to be great people. For all the mothers who are still with us. And for those who have gone to be with Jesus, we give thanks today. For all those who mothered us, some in place of absent mothers, we recognize you 
and give thanks for you. For all the women who have been figures of grace, of love in our lives, your example has been so meaningful to us. During this time of physical distance, we wish we could be nearer to our mothers. And we pray that this day brings phone calls and cards, love and light your way. We pray that all mothers and mothering women can know that we love you. Amen. As you go today to make those calls and tell your mother how much you love her, receive this blessing. May God, who gave birth to all creation, bless you. May God, who became incarnate by an earthly mother, bless you. May God, who broods as a mother over her children, bless you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forevermore. Amen.